Welcome to Bite Size Dental Marketing, where we talk about everything and anything dental marketing. Today, we have a very special guest here and somebody who I look up to a lot with his ability to get the job done, to show grit and be willing to get his hands dirty, to push and promote his practice. Dr. Connor Perrin, he started by carving his niche at USC. Dr. Connor Perrin fell in sync with the rhythm of biometric dentistry and a craft dedicated to preserving your pearly whites rather than having to replace them. Under the mentorship of the renowned Dr. Pascal Magna, he not only honed his skills, but also led charge in the Biometric Restorative Dentistry Study Club. But that's not all. Dr. Perrin also has a heart of gold, and he has participated in global dental philanthropy, extending his, re his reach and expertise to the communities of Nicaragua, Panama, and the Philippines. His aesthetic flair and dedication didn't just win smiles across the globe, but he also then was awarded the largest merit-based scholarship award at his alma mater, which is amazing. Uh, beyond the, the chair, he's also a double Trojan titan of clinical uh, prowess, a lifelong learner, and ever-expanding his dental expertise. As an esteemed member of the Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry and the Academy of Biometric Dentistry, Biomimic Dentistry, excuse me, he's pushing the boundaries of what is possible in your dental visit. And the last thing that's fascinating to me and that we're going to talk about today is Dr. Connor Perrin at his office being willing and able to essentially as you would put on a favorite pair of shoes, show you what it's going to look like. He can do that with your teeth now by using advanced techniques and also digital dentistry. A long intro for a man that deserves it. Dr. Connor Perrin, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Of course. Very kind words. Thank you, Ian. Of course. So the first thing that I want to get into, which I mean, any patient of yours would want to know is you knew from the start what you wanted to do. I can see it in the way you talk about dentistry, in how you studied in dentistry, the talks that we've had together, you knew what you wanted to do going in. Why dentistry and how did this passion come about? Oh, I've always wanted to do something like science related. I've always really liked that. And so at first I thought I wanted to be a doctor. And you know, I took a lot of the prerequisite classes throughout you know, my undergrad years. And then I had a couple of friends actually who were midway through dental school at the time. And I should also point out that even though I was taking my science classes, I was also an art history major. So I've always been attracted to artistic stuff. No um, way. Yeah, exactly. I also, so did, I, also did art I also did art and history at school as far away. Yeah, so, so amazing. absolutely loved it. And so, you know, basically when I went in and I kind of shadowed them a couple of times, you know, I, I saw that there was definitely an artistic component to it too. I mean, because, you know, you're building up a lot of teeth. There's a lot of shaping that's done also with smile design and, you know, was immediately attracted to it and pivoted, switched gears and ended up in dental school. Oh, and that, and is that just, is anybody in your family that did dentistry or somebody that you had looked up to, or is it just kind of, I, I can see, cause my dad's a dentist, as I've mentioned to you before. And I went one day to him and I said, dad, like, how do you wake up one day and go, I want to, I want to dig in people's mouths and, and fix teeth for the rest of, of my life. That's something that really sparks an interest. Like, is it just that uh -huh. combination of things and you found as you explained now, or was there something else to it too? Oh, you know, definitely just combination of things, but granted, okay. you know, there's some things in dentistry that I really don't like, you know, and so <laughs> when I created my practice, you know, I definitely, by creating 
or following my own vision based off of the principles that I like to follow and also some of the procedures themselves, you know, you're able to find a lot of satisfaction that way. Mm. And, and giving uh-huh. it your own flair, as you said. And exactly. Speaking of your of your practice, doctor, one of the best looking practices I've I've ever seen, and I think it's a true testament. Thank you. To, as I said in in my intro, a young Thundercat coming in and saying, "I I'm going to change the way people perceive dentistry," and it's it's not a trip to what we remember in the movies back in the day. It is this uh-huh. high end beautiful establishment that looks more like an art gallery at this point uh, uh, when you walk into it can you can you can you explain to us a little bit about as you said your vision there in wanting to create an experience rather than just another dental practice of course i mean you know i really did a lot of reflecting on my own personal experiences at the dentist um i know a lot of other friends really hate going and you know a lot of dental practices they you know, they look really sterile on the inside, they're very cold, or they look like they're kind of stuck in like the 1970s or 80s, you know, where you have rows of chairs, and you're just kind of waiting for someone to come up and call your name, like you're, you know, being taken back to be tortured or something. (laughs) So, you know, when I was conceptualizing this with the designer, we really wanted to create a nice inviting lobby. I mean, the second that you come in, um, we have a diffuser that releases like a nice kind of masculine sandalwood smell that, you know, you would smell like, again, a high-end lobby, not something that has any dental association whatsoever. The furniture that we used, a lot of the colors on the walls, we just wanted to make it feel as warm and inviting as possible, but still overall elevating the experience and providing, you know, some sophistication there. That's fantastic. And I've, and I saw yeah. on the website that you also have some, when it comes to helping patients relax and having a good experience, some amenities and some extra added benefits of coming to the practice do you want to touch on those at all absolutely you know we have things that we we call it a comfort menu and so yes, basically we'll email menu. it to patients a couple days ahead of their procedure ask them if they would like anything complimentary from the list we have things such as like eye patches a warm towelettes blankets noise canceling headphones and then we also have like tvs on the ceiling so you know if a patient's there for a longer procedure even just a cleaning they can tell us what they want to put on and we'll have that ready to go to where they can just kind of doze off, think about other things as we're getting to work on their mouth. So, And that shows how far dentistry and technology has come to, because I remember as a kid lying in my dad's chair and there was a post of where's Wally. And that same Uh poster was there from when I went to my first dental visit, I think up until (laughs) I was 17 or 18 years old, that same Uh where's Wally was, was up there. I think I still, had one or two missing even after all those years but it was it was something to keep me busy um uh yeah i mean that that that's amazing to hear that so much thought has gone into to planning that patient experience what what to you is is the perfect patient experience like what what do you want patients to feel when they walk into your practice and and what is that experience The biggest thing is is I want a patient to come in and feel really welcome and at ease. And a lot of the other practices that I've seen out there, you know, a patient's kind of rushed in. They're not really paid any mind by the front desk. They're kind of rushed into treatment without everything being explained fully. And so I wanted a patient to really feel valued, to really understand what they're signing up for. And, you know, we also make a very, very strong effort not to ever double book a patient. And so, you know, at most I'll have one or two patients in there at a time. 
to where I'm able to be present and put all of my energy and attention into their treatment. And so I think, you know, by doing that, a patient is able to see a value in what we do and it's able to provide better care for the patients. Mm. Uh-huh. No, and that, and that adds to, is it fair to say that you want to provide that it's not a Honda Accord, it's a Rolls Royce. When someone walks in, they're going to feel, wow, this is, this is something special. Absolutely. You know, I, I, we want every patient, no matter who they are, to feel like a VIP when they come in. And at the same time, too, I don't want it. I don't want a lot of patients to interpret it as, oh, this is going to be too expensive for me, things like that. But there are definitely, definitely a lot of different plans that we have in place to make our office accessible to everyone. But again, we just we want everyone to feel super valued when they come in our doors. Fantastic. Yeah. And and. Speaking on philosophy, if if we can go to you as a dentist and what you value, as I, I, I read at the start, you, you're someone that focused on, I want to save the natural tooth. And I think that's something that dentistry back in the day, and this again, attests to you wanting to rock the boat a bit on how we think about dentistry and how we should as a society think about the purpose of dentistry is not to extract that tooth it's not to put a, a a crown on it or to put something on it that is going to replace the natural tooth but rather to see what we can do first to save it in every way before we go to alternative options can you mm -hmm. speak more to to that and how you got there, why that's important to you and, and why you feel that's something all dentists should, should consider. Yeah, no, of course. When I was at USC, Dr. Pascal Manier, he was still teaching there at the time and he was responsible for some of our introductory classes. And it's basically the way that I learned just right from the start, trying to save as much as possible and doing so you're reducing a lot of post-operative sensitivity and say that something else bad happens to the tooth a couple of years down the line you have a little bit more buffering room that way rather than having already a, a large chunk of the tooth be missing. And, you know, unfortunately, private practice doesn't work the same way as we learned in school. And so I quickly realized in seeing the other side of things that, hey, this is definitely not the way I want to practice. And, you know, without taking things to, I guess, more of a, a negative point of view here, unfortunately, insurance only reimburses crowns. And so as a result, that's what a lot of dentist treatment plan because they know it's going to be covered. There are a lot of other simpler solutions. So like a crown, you know, basically you are taking off 360 degrees of walls around a tooth, even though a large cavity might only be on one side of it. My logic and the way that Dr. Monier taught me with biomimetic dentistry is you only want to remove just that small portion. You can put in like a little, I call them like a little Lego piece that fits right into that area afterwards. And you know, there are a lot of other benefits to doing it that way. Again, you are going to have less post-op sensitivity. By having things also above the gum line, it's a lot easier to make sure that they're sealed. So a couple of years down the road, you're not going to really have as much leaking and uh, the chances of another cavity to develop underneath something like a crown. And, you know, there's, there's nothing better than having your normal tooth structure. And because a lot of crowns are made with zirconia, which tends to be a really, really rigid material, if a patient has a bite problem too, the potential that something might break underneath the crown also goes up quite a bit, as opposed to, you know, these little porcelain Lego pieces that if it 
if something happens with the bite, usually it's that little restoration that breaks. And worst case scenario, you just replace that easily and fit it right back into the spot instead Mm -hmm. of having a huge fracture with the tooth that leads to a root canal or an extraction or an implant further on down the line. So it's a very conservative way of doing dentistry. No, I I really love that because it is something, as I know, I think there's there's elements to the industry that makes that difficult, as you had just mentioned. And of course, there there is a time and place for a crown. There is a time and place for, for a veneer. There is a time and place for all of these things. But I completely support that philosophy of keep it natural man if i if i can keep yeah it exactly natural and i can do minor adjustments to make sure you keep your teeth that's definitely the route i would take so kudos then the the next one that i wanted to touch on is what i saw on your website of almost being able to as you would have a new pair of shoes as i said you can put them on in the store you can have a look you can see kind of what is it going to look like before you decide to buy and with modern technology and dentistry we are seeing the shift in all of these different scanners and digital apparatus that is allowing us to see beforehand this is what your smile is going to look like this is at the end of this invisalign process what it's going to look like can you share a bit with us and and share with uh, whether it's potential patients listening or other dentists in your opinion, how that is changing dentistry and and what it is affording you in terms of a better experience? Yeah, no, I was going to say digital dentistry is so cool. And so with Invisalign and a lot of these other 3D aligners, or excuse me, clear aligners, you're able to scan a patient and come up with a series of aligners based off of where they need to go. And you're able to show the patient on a screen exactly what every little stage is going to look like. And they're taking it now even a step further with AI to where I can immediately take like a picture of the patient in their condition and they can immediately show how far we might be able to get with Invisalign treatment just right off the bat like that. So that's something that's just restart or that started in the past year or two. So, and it's a major selling point because the patient's like, wow, you know, look at what we're able to do here. But for smile design, you know, that takes it really even a step further because a lot of patients, you know, they have a lot of apprehension about shaping their teeth or making the investment for something so extensive. And so what we're able to do is I can outsource a design to a, you know, a lab online and they're able to come up with what's called a mock-up, meaning a, a possible look at what your veneers could be. And I can 3D print them inside my office and try them on a patient before they fully commit to shaping wow. or the financial investment of going through with like porcelain and you know the lab so is done... also able to make so sorry to interrupt you they just on that point so what that's amazing for for the patient is before i even have to make that massive investment as you said i think that's a big not soothing but a bit a breath of fresh air for patients to say like you don't have to invest this 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 chunk of money yet i'm i will show you first what this end result is going to be and then if you're happy then we move ahead and that's often i exactly. think what many patients are hesitant about of spending all this money what if it's not going to look good so that's this is a massive mm-hmm. innovation in in changing yeah. industry. and it, it's tricky because you know in the age of social media and so many pictures you know patients see a lot of dentists work online but i think there is still a level of you know, maybe mistrust to some degree in knowing that that's exactly kind of the result they're going to get. And so they have more questions 
they want to really see it for themselves before they commit. Hmm. And do you, speaking of patients, I, I always love asking, do you have a memorable patient experience so far that you would like to share with us today in, in, yeah, just having an impact on somebody that, that you saw really made a difference? Yes. I was going to say I have, we're working on our case right now. I have a patient who has had like, it looks like a lot of acid uh, exposure on her teeth. And so they're a lot thinner than they should be. They've eroded in a lot of different places. And um, even though we're not completed with the case yet, um, I showed the patient, you know, exactly what her case is expected to look like. And I could immediately see her, you know, like, just light up her entire yeah. like demeanor change. Like she glowed up. You could see that she was feeling a little bit more confident because in a lot of her photos, I mean, she does like a lot of posting on social media herself. You'll see that she never smiles in one single photo. And she pointed that out. She's like, I'm really afraid to, to smile. Or I oftentimes am covering my face to some degree in order to avoid people seeing my actual teeth. So mm. when we're done with that case, I'm going to be very, very excited to show everyone it. And I think she's going to absolutely love the result. Fantastic. And if you, to, to end of yeah. today, I want to ask you if I'm in Irvine, California right now, I'm looking for a dentist. I find you online and I run into Dr. Connor Perrin and I say, Dr. Connor Perrin, why, why should I come to your dental practice? What would you say to me? Mm -hmm. I would say these things. First and <laughs> foremost, we will never do double book you. You know, we are here to make you a priority and I'm going to make sure that there's also consistency in terms of the providers are saying, meaning they're, you're going to see me every time. And then when I bring on a hygienist, you're going to see the same hygienist every time. And that's going to allow us to make sure that we have a nice, consistent assessment of your teeth. Should anything change, you're not going to be constantly bounced around with different treatment plans. The other thing too, that I would point out to a lot of our patients is we're also going to make you very comfortable. We're not trying to make this a scary experience. We have a lot of different things in place in order to reduce anxiety. We're also going to try to save as many of your teeth as possible. I'm not going to be quickly trying to immediately go for the most expensive implant, pull out the teeth. I want to try to save what you have because there's, there's nothing better than having a normal tooth there. And then the very last thing is we have a lot of technology in place. I mean, I'll, that can seem like a gimmick to some degree, but in our case, the items that I chose really streamline the process, make treatment as efficient, quick, and easy as it can be. So I love that. Well, Dr. Yeah. Dr. Perrin, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing a bit of your story. Wishing you many, many success. I'm excited to see where this grows. And I mean, keep pushing those boundaries of dentistry. We need it. Hey, Ian, I appreciate it. Thank you so much.